Hello and good, wonderful afternoon. This is the Roaring Fork Valley, a beautiful valley. We've had sunshine and we have our birds. Have you been able to, I can't talk anymore. Have you been able to identify them? Listen, you will, sometime. This is Diane Johnson with Senior Matters. And guess what? Talking about birds. I've got some really important information for all of you wonderful art lovers, community lovers, loving the lights of love that we will be sharing. Now, Today is the last day for the early bird pricing for Light the Night with Love event. It ends today at 5 o'clock. You can find a link to today's tickets on kdnk.org. How about that? Amy, we're there with you, honey. This is a community a community of fellowship, a community of sharing, a community of sustainability. And one thing that sustains quite well in our community is the seniors. Um, I'm still kicking a little bit, 82 next month. Um, My daughters have been here the past uh, month since I got out of the hospital and uh, they're overseeing how I'm living my life. Can't wait to kick them out. They're 61 already. Anyway, talk about living. Quality of life. And as you know, we all know about Carbondale. But have you heard about the Sopras Lodge? No? You're going to hear about it today. The Sopras Lodge is another beautiful Carbondale senior living right here downtown. And today you're going to meet the executive director and you're going to meet the community relations director. And sir, if you don't mind, may I introduce the lady first? Please do. Thank you. See, he's passing the buck already. Molly, Tell us a little bit about you besides your name, Molly DeMar, and Community Relations Director at Sopras Lodge. What do you do, honey? All right. Well, thank you, Diane. Um, I'm the Community Relations Director at Sopras Lodge Senior Living. I've been there for what now, Mike? Mm, Almost a year? Almost a year. Yeah, almost a year. And uh, grateful to move to this valley in March of 2020. Uh, My fiancé got a job with Aspen Valley Land Trust, another incredible place in this valley and in Carbondale. So that brought us out here. Uh-huh. But I was raised in Flint, Michigan, and okay. went to Michigan State for four years. And um, I also am the new Basalt Varsity soccer coach for the girls' team. Woohoo! Yeah, yay, go yay. Longhorns! Sorry, yeah. Roaring Fork. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I love soccer, I love playing it, coaching it, and I love hanging out with our seniors at our senior living community every day. I have a great, great job. It's fun. I see something here. 
I see you balancing the ball of life between the senior community and by cracky, you're over there with the youngins. Oh, I sure uh, am. <laughs> uh, do you get confused at all? Actually, there's a lot of similarities, if I'm being quite honest. <laughs> um, the transparency that seniors like to provide us and their thoughts and their emotions, you get a lot from get a lot of that from kids too. So I actually came from working with kids before Sopris Lodge. So good. Yesterday I had a tour. And Molly led me, not by the nose, but around a beautiful facility that is incredibly glass, structure, art, and a community. I walk down the halls, and all of a sudden, I see someone I know. I don't see just one person. I see members of our community are now living in Sopris Lodge. What brought them? How did they know about you? Okay. I'm going to pass it to Mike. Mike. Well, I think it's... Uh, hi, hi, I'm Mike. Hi, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having us here, uh, Diane. Yeah, um, I'm Diane. <laughs> you are. Um, how did they hear... What, you know, it's really word of mouth. Um, there wasn't a lot of advertising. Um, I think this... Uh, as a construction project, it, it was in the works for quite a long time. Long time. But it was really the locals, you know, people like uh, Joanne Anderson, um, who championed the cause. Yes, and, she uh, did. You know, rallying all the all the locals. I remember I attended a, uh, oh, it was a little public event, kind of bringing the public up to speed. And that was April of 19 or 20. And I counted a 100 uh people attending from Carbondale that were seniors. And I thought that was amazing just how well it was attended, um, uh, that the community rallied around getting this, this built here. So it's, it, it's really a local, uh, local effort, and I think that's how people found out about us. That's, you know, it's incredible. I remember when Joanne was uh, working towards with this and, and fostering this whole development over here and it's it fits in so beautifully you know and you'd never know where it where it was you know people would ask so so where is that mm -hmm. where is that getting built because you can't drive by it mm -mm. you can't it's really tucked away mm -hmm. um and there were many locals that would say i had no idea this was here i heard about something but i just still don't know where it is yeah, it's amazing. You can go walk out your front door, go up the the pathway, go out on the little streetway, and you're Carbondale. You're in downtown Carbondale. You know, it was a beautiful design for locals. And, and you get to walk through true nature on your way to Main Street. You do. Which and is you awesome. get to see it out and your feel it, windows. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And on the other side, the Nice Lannox. And exactly. And there was a baby cap. <laughs> there was a baby cap out the window yesterday. Yeah. The now I think I saw three today. Oh, my goodness. We had uh, one of our residents, who's also a well-known um, in the Valley, Jenny Parker. Uh -huh. She saw one of the calves birthed, birthed yeah. uh, three, four days ago. Yeah. So she was like, this is incredible. This is what I grew up, you know, watching, doing, yeah. being from a ranch. So tell me about the daily scene, the activities, what is it that goes on daily? 
How do you get me out of my room? Okay. Um, well, we do have a resident committee that they meet, is it every, every other Monday night? First Monday of the month. First Monday of the month. And Joanne Anderson had mm-hmm. kind of headed that, and they all get together, and she brought a form to fill out. What do you want to see? What do you like? What are your dislikes? Who wants to run a club? So Mondays we we have book club. Tuesdays okay. we have art with Alan, who was an architect and local artist. Um, he just had an installation at uh, the Smithy. And okay. um, we, on Wednesdays we do multiple hours to prep our installation for light the night so we get a lot of all hands on deck for that on wednesdays uh knitting club with joan lamont on thursdays so there's always something going on wednesday nights we do movie night i forget what movie we've got going on tonight but it is a barbara streisand from what i've heard in the dining room do you have a singing group do you have an art group well art Art oh. Ackerman is is the art group. No, 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 no you don't. He's do our that. modern art. He's our ancient art. That's right. Hello, Art. How are you doing, honey? <laughs> uh, you, you know, I, I think things like that are, are starting to to develop. It's kind yeah. of a, an evolution. Uh, yes. Things like that, but we have a lot of residents that are very talented, um, artists, authors. Yes. You know, all kinds of. Uh, oh yeah. It's like sharing the wealth of a community, you know. Uh, If you choose to be a part, if you choose to, hey, I got an idea. Sharing is what it's all about, you know. And speaking of all about, how many uh, independent living units do you have? Yeah, we've got 27 apartments. Okay. For, so we're a small community, okay. but it makes for a good family size. Uh, okay. Yeah, family size group. So 27. 27. Now, I'm aware that there's independent assisted and memory care. Let's go to assisted. How? Uh, what about assisted living? What do you do for me if I need to come to you? Well, assisted living would be right across the driveway. Mm-hmm. So we have two buildings. Mm-hmm. One is independent living and the other is assisted living and memory care. Um, and assisted living really is for uh, folks that need help with daily living activities. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a little help uh, getting dressed in the morning or, or bathroom activities, whatever it may be. And that can range. Some folks need a little bit of help. Some need quite a bit. Right. Um, and we're there for them for that. But it's it's their home. Um, they're still very independent. Um, a lot will, will soon or, or still drive a car. They can have friends come and visit, so it's still very independent. Mm-hmm. And memory care is, is a little different. That has to be a secured environment and regulated by the state and such. And we're there to help folks that have you know difficulty with, uh, with Alzheimer's and such. And I hear that. And the, the, the really, um, I think the intimate thing that, that we're going to offer folks is we're not that big. You, you know, there's only 24 memory care apartments and 23 assisted living apartments. So it's very manageable and can still stay personalized. And I didn't feel overwhelmed. That was one thing that made it easier. What I was overwhelmed by was the architectural <laughs> design and how light and beautiful but easy find the rooms are easy accessible you have a stairway if you also have the elevator 
um, boy, oh boy, oh boy, there's something that when you share the light, which we are going to be having in a few days, you have a volunteer group of people that are sharing there some creative designs for uh, next weekend. Is that correct? Yeah, we have, I would say, every Wednesday when they get together to work on the installation, uh, there's probably at least six residents that go down and are painting, weaving, um, throwing out their ideas um, and seeing what sticks with the piece. And we also are working with Gabriela Mejia, uh, local artist, dancer, musician, mm-hmm. all of that. And so mm-hmm. she has kind of really brought to light all of these ideas that they're bringing to the table. So we've got, we've invited folks that are creative or not. They say, I, well, I don't really do art. And I'm like, well, come downstairs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> come down to the craft room. Show you. You, you don't have to be that creative. Yeah. You can put some yeah. dots on a pole. But people will have to swing by and check it out because it's going to be pretty powerful and really, really cool. And and on that again, today is the last day you can buy your ticket for Light the Night with Love coming up this weekend. And it ends at 5 p.m. today, your ticket sales. Okay? I'm going to pick up my thought in just a moment. I'm looking at Molly, and it was to address something to her, and I can't read. Ah. And and I may have said something. I've talked about this to a few people, and um, how friendly everyone was. I mean, there was staff on on the above the stairway above my on the stairway above my head, and I look up and I recognize them because where I was at one time, they were working. It's incredible in this field of business where there is such a strong need for qualified employees. You have CNAs, QMAPs, what else? PT? Well, we have an incredible team. We are really, really blessed in that regard. And it's, uh, it's difficult as, the, you know, staffing. Um, everybody's having trouble with that, you know, the, the last few years. And um, we're, we're really, really, really lucky to have the people that, that we have working working with us. Because you're right, when you walk through the door, I'm certainly a little biased, but mm-hmm. you, you can feel it. You're greeted mm-hmm. with, with smiles, and it feels healthy and mm-hmm. positive and, and happy and bright. Uh, and you, you can't fake that, you know, so it's... Uh, and it's I most fa- important. Yeah, and I found it when I was waiting for Molly. Uh, I didn't know where you were. And I was just <laughs> wandering around on my own, looking and, and just, oh, my goodness. And I saw the dining room, saw how it was set, looked at the menu and saw it was a Mexican menu. Mexican food, oh, my God. <laughs> and the next thing I know... I get a, a serving of homemade flan and a serving of banana bread pudding. It was like, oh, yeah? Yeah, you want me to come in? Yeah, I'm coming. I won't cook anymore. You know, where's my room? And, and all of that is homemade. Um, we have an amazing chef, 
if, 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 I, if I can, give him a plug. Because um, next to safety and, and, and health, uh, food is the most important thing. Yeah. I think we'll all agree. I agree. Okay. I agree, too. <laughs> Uh, we are uh, so fortunate to have our executive chef, who's from uh, South Africa. He's got tremendous, uh, tremendous experience. He's cooked in uh, Nigeria, um, Switzerland, France, England. Uh, when he came to this country, he was in uh, Connecticut and Aspen. It's where I discovered him. I'll take credit for the food. <laughs> yeah, you just um, see his face. <laughs> but an interesting thing, we were uh, we had a tour with somebody on Tuesday, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, um, Tuesday. A woman from Basalt who's uh, just signed up a, a, a leash. She's going to join us. And she said, you know, I heard that the food is outstanding. I heard through the grapevine everybody's talking about it. And I said, well, really, where'd you hear? Oh, she said, I hear it from everybody. So we're just really, really proud of our chef, Brett Elias. Um, and he, not only a great chef, but he's teaching our other cooks, you know, how to do things, how to do things a little differently. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice to have a little bit of mm-hmm. a European flair to things mm-hmm. or, you know, not everything, you know, American and traditional. Mm-hmm. So hats off to, to Chef Brett. Hats off, Brett. I know what it's like to love to cook because I'm one of those. And uh, today it's ham and cabbage. You know, and then when I was a little girl in North Carolina, that was we'd take the ham hocks, boil them down for the stock, and then there's the fresh cabbage and the potatoes. And it, you know, then be careful with herbs and spices because that'll change it right away you got to be careful i i um would love to sit down at lunch one of these days i'm gonna just go online every day and see what the menu is and i'm gonna say hey molly (laughs) just give me a call diane you're in you can walk on over like flynn (laughs) flynn um coming into the community uh first timers running a facility in uh, Cowboy Town. <laughs> do you have a sense, do you have a sense that it's Cowboy Town? What is your sense of this area? Well, I've been in the area for going on my 28th year, so I'm almost a local. <laughs> um, I wouldn't call Carbondale a Cowboy Town. I'd kind of call it a hippie town. Ding, ding, ding. Um, That's what I was told. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is a good thing. Yeah. You know, so cowboys and hippies. Uh-huh. You know, there's a joke in there somewhere, but uh-huh. don't know what it is. <laughs> um, it, but vitality, there's no question Carbondale has vitality. Um, I live in Basalt, and Basalt is trying to be like Carbondale. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Vitality. Look at that smile on Molly. <laughs> that... Um, a vitality, not a, and the hippie, when I moved here in 2006, my son said, Mom, it's a bunch of deadheads. <laughs> and I've, for me, I've been to eight concerts at that time, so I knew what that meant. Mm-hmm. When I go to Dandelion Days or Mountain Fair, I know I can get barefooted in my skirt and I can flow. 
Or I can be uptight and slow. You know, it's just... Oh, that was you. Yeah, you know. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm a Pisces. You know, gotcha. I can go around one gotcha. way or another. Okay, it's coming back to me now. <laughs> so a hippie town. What defines a hippie town in Sopra's Lodge? Ooh. I, I just think our residents, they're all from different backgrounds, but they have a lot in common. They're all well-educated. Um, they have worked very hard. Um, lots of teachers. I feel like we've got a handful of educators, mm-hmm. um, True. architects, uh, military veterans, wor- World War II, Korean War. It's, it. it's just a really great mix. But I think just the creative vibe of Carbondale kind of brings those bright colors and the smiles and all of that out. And that is, I, I just think Soper's Lodge is kind of a perfect fit in all their, it's the residents that make it, though. Mm-hmm. It's the residents that mm-hmm. make it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, oh, boy, I get, I get so many questions and I look at you, and then I get distracted brain-wise. You know, this, I was just someone think, else wants to talk. I, I was just <laughs> no, Molly be, just in, inspired me because I'm visualizing, you know, the the <laughs> residents. And one of the, the the cool things that just happened organically in the dining room, we had the dining room set up as architects do with tables of four and a couple of booths. Yep. And immediately, the residents pull the tables together, and I mean, if you you go to just about any meal, you'll rarely see just a table of four over there with just a couple of people. It's the community table. Right, the community table. And that's kind of the the spirit there and the mentality. And it just happens organically. Yeah. Uh, And and if somebody sees a resident sitting by themselves, you know, they'll go sit. Can I have lunch with you? Um, It's just a real healthy environment that sounds a lot about carbondale you know the community table thank you sandy and amy the community (laughs) table that is maybe only 15 people and yes i noted some uh, noticed some of that in the community lunches they want to sit together and talk isolated in four kind of forces you you know, not that it's good, not that it's bad. Oh my goodness, it's not up yet, but we're getting close to the end of uh, our welcome Sopras Lodge talkathon. Quickie cost. Is there cost factors or considerations? If I came in for uh, independent living? There is a cost. (laughs) Oh, there is. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, Neat thing about that is uh, everything really is included. So there's a lease, um, and uh, we we want people to join us for as long as they'd like. But for whatever reason, if life changes, uh, things change, Thirty days notice, they're allowed to just you know terminate a lease. Okay. So that's a nice, a lot of freedom. That works there, but everything's included in that. So it's all of the meals, all of the utilities, the Wi-Fi, even uh, cable TV and Comcast. Housekeeping. Transportation. Housekeeping. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, 
transportation to doctor's appointments and things. Molly, wonderful. Thank you very much for sharing life with us. And the old man sitting across who's smiling, Mike. <laughs> He's so old. <laughs> so old. So Chris Lodge, senior living, Carbondale. It's a good thing. Thank you, Diane. You're Thank welcome, you, Molly. It's a good thing. Nice tagline. You're welcome, Molly. It's a good thing. time of year in northern climates, a variety of animals, large and small, are hibernating. But you might be surprised to learn that there are different kinds of hibernation and that bears in particular have their own special way of slowing down their body's processes. I'm Jim Metzner and this is the Pulse of the Planet. There's two types of animals that hibernate, bears and certain rodents, and the way they hibernate is really quite different. The rodents go into this deep sleep, their body temperature drops close to freezing, they breathe once a minute, their heart virtually stops. Bears can't afford to do that. If a bear were to slow down that much, it would take it two weeks to wake back up. So when a bear goes into hibernation, its body temperature drops just a little bit, about 10 degrees. It's still relatively close to its operating temperature. And what they're doing is metabolizing the fat reserves that they built up when they were in hyperphagia. Hyperphagia is when a bear stores fat by eating as much as possible, usually between the months of August through October. According to biologist David Schurkauer, bears are able to live on that fat during their long winter sleep by dramatically altering some of their bodily functions. Interestingly, though, they never have to wake up to defecate or urinate. They have a special mechanism that is unique to bears where they can 
metabolize fat and they can recycle the nitrogen that's normally a waste product known as urea, but they can recycle that and synthesize proteins with it. The mechanisms of bear hibernation are still not fully understood. However, animal physiologists are currently doing research that could someday have applications for the treatment of human diseases. Pulse on the Planet is made possible in part by the National Science Foundation and Virginia Tech, inventing the future through a hands-on approach to education and research. You're tuned in to KDNK. I'm Morgan Neely, your host for All Things Considered and local and regional news coming up at 534. And start a countdown. You've got 1 minute and 15 seconds to get early bird pricing for Light the Night with Love tickets. That deadline is at 5 for early bird. You can still get tickets online up until 4 p.m. on Friday, and we'll have tickets available in person on both Friday and Saturday. You can find a link to tickets on kdnk.org. And again, you've got about 45 seconds to lock in that early bird pricing. This is KDNK, Carbondale Community Access Radio, Glenwood Springs, Carbondale, the Roaring Fork Valley, and beyond. The time is 4.59. It's been a warm day today. Mud season seems to continue. It's 44 degrees right now in Carbondale. Look for lows tonight in the teens. High temperatures are going to stay in the 40s for the foreseeable future. Sunday is looking to get quite warm and sunny, the high of 47. Lows this week will stay in the teens overnight. News headlines are up next. Thanks for tuning in. Okay, because-